0: Thank <music> you.
1: 970-WAMD Aberdeen, and this is The Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Mary Hassler, CEO of the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. Morning, Mary. Good morning, Bob. I
2: I have to give you, you're a cool customer.
1: A cool customer? In what way? Well,
2: I rushed here, you rushed here, I had school buses, you had... Um, a flaxseed explosion, explosion in your kitchen. <laughs> we just got here, we just set up, and Mary sounds like she's just sitting on the beach somewhere, <laughs> cool, calm, and collected. It's all an
1: illusion, total yeah. illusion.
2: Never it, it just don't look so <laughs> low the surface at the duck's yeah. feet. Yes, that's or,
1: that's or that's what's it, don't that. look behind the curtain? Yes. <laughs> the Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. So Bob, how's your, how's your week been going?
2: Good. I'm loving this um, this May weather, this June weather. It's, yeah. But
1: we're what, getting snow tomorrow? Are we? I heard snow flurry. Somebody told me that earlier this week.
2: Uh, yeah, well, um, who told me? Oh, I was talking to Barry Glassman last, um, last evening. Mm-hmm. And he has more lambs and more he, ewes than he's ever had. And the lambs are being born left and right. And... It's great, and they're cute, but he said it's it's always happens that whenever the lambs really they come early or come yep. early and come fast, it's gonna be a big snow year.
1: Did you see where he posted on his Facebook page the little the little, ba- lamb, the little boy lamb outside? and he did, he I was talking to him this week too, and he <laughs> said the lamb didn't want to come out. Everybody else went out to play, but it took him several days to even peek out, I guess out of the barn. And then when he finally did, he just kind of. Quietly walked out and laid down in the sun, but Barry said, "Yeah, it was really quite funny and very that and lamb. They're so cute, aren't they?"
2: Absolutely hilarious.
1: Well, today, Bob, we're going to be talking with author Becky Diamond. Becky will be at the Bel Air Library on Sunday, November twentieth, at two p.m. That's this Sunday, and she's going to be talking about her second book, "The Thousand Dollar Dinner," and it tells a unique story of a nineteenth-century culinary challenge between Philadelphia restaurateur James Parkinson and the Delmonico family of New York. Do you think the Delmonico Delmonico family is the same one they named the steak after?
2: Oh, I'm sure. You think? I'm sure.
1: Very cool and awesome.
2: Yeah, and Delmonico is actually, um, you know, they're coming back. The 70s and 80s, they were not great, but I've been in there several times because it's right right around the corner from a Wall Street watering hole that I used to go in once in a while.
1: Oh, that that sounds like a radio show in itself. I want to hear about your Wall Street.
2: Harry's Harry's. that sounds so cool yeah it was fun it was fun it was that right down on Hanover Square and De Monaco's beautiful building and mm-hmm. it's been in family since like 1837 oh my gosh really yeah. wow
1: so you great know steaks. what it oh great steaks the Monaco steaks are very good I think so anyway, you know what time it's it. It's time for the birthday game. And everybody knows how we play the game. I give Bob some famous people, well not famous people, I give him clues of famous people who had a birthday this week or sometime this month. And he tries to guess who they are, how old they are, and for fun prizes and for bragging rights. Are you ready?
2: Yes, and Christy has been killing me on this because she keeps on coming up with Actresses between the age of like 20 and 35. See, I know better than to bring that because, yeah, yeah, I'd win all those and Gilmore yeah. Girls, whatever the heck Gilmore yeah.
1: Girls is. Oh, that's an awesome show, and it's coming back on Netflix. I think it debuts next week, in fact.
2: Well, I, when I hear Gilmore Girls, I think Estelle oh. Getty, B. Arthur. No, 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 no.
1: So different. This Betty White. is Gilmore Girls, Stars Hollow, is the most wonderful town we would all love to live in. And you have quirky neighbors, and you have family who love you, but you all fight all the time, but in a good way. And it's a mother and daughter, and it's just an amazing show. And we were all so sad when they canceled it. But it is coming back. I actually might buy Netflix. Gosh. Okay. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. So, this gentleman was born on November 18th in New Hampshire.
2: And he's, Nathaniel Hawthorne.
1: Oh, good guess, but no. Okay, he was not born in New Hampshire, was he? Wasn't he born in Massachusetts? You know, yes. House of the Seven Gables. Blah blah blah. Okay, good. So yes. this gentleman is known as the first American in space on May fifth. Alan 19th, Alan Shepard. That is correct. And he was twenty-three days after the first man in space. Who was? Do you know who that was? The true first man in space.
2: Uh, he was Yuri Gagarin.
1: Yes, from the what country?
2: Russia. Back then.
1: Well, the Soviet Union, USSR. Now you're really dating yourself. That's the '70s. They've changed it again. So, on the thirty-first of January of nineteen seventy-one, he once again became the center of attention during the Apollo fourteen mission, when he lived every golfer's dream using a makeshift six iron to strike golf balls from the moon's surface, which traveled miles and miles and miles. Indeed. And for his services to the space program, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for Space.
2: And see, my, the only thing of mine that traveled miles mm-hmm. and miles are my putts.
1: <laughs> Isn't that not supposed to happen? Yes. I thought so. Or no. <laughs>
2: yes, it's not supposed to happen.
1: So he did pass away on July 21st, 1998 in Monterey, California. But how old was he when he passed away? In
2: 98. So it was 61 when he went up. And he was, I'm going to say, 28 eight at that time 61 41 33 so
1: he, he was oh how old
2: 73 was he? uh oh, in, in 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 98 mm-hmm. 33
1: 65 65 well he would be 93 now well, do we have angels in the room i like oh, it oh <laughs> i think
2: that was a, that means the correct answer
1: Oh, correct answer!
2: Oh, hey.
1: <laughs> well, a good guess, because he would be if he was just alive. He would be ninety-three years old.
2: Okay, oh, and awesome. he died. Um, he died eighteen years ago.
1: Yes, he did. So you were close. Okay,
2: he would be how old?
1: I'd Do the math. <laughs> Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> He would be 93. Oh no, I was no, 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 no. off. Yeah, do 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 do. We're figuring. Out. Anybody I know, I bet you all our listeners know this. He'd
2: be. So, I was 10 years off. I he, think he, you were 10 he years was off. 75. Okay, awesome. So he was much older when he uh, joined the program, which makes sense, I guess, because these guys were all. Uh, um They World were more II, mature. World War two Korean and Korean War, veterans, yeah. pilots and. Yep. Fighter pilots and. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good one. That
1: was a good one. um Okay, now this gentleman. Um, his second, his middle name is Michael. <laughs>
2: just, 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 throw a little
1: red herring. Anthony there. Michael Hall. Okay, he's an American actor, comedian, producer, and director. He gained prominence in a nineteen seventy, late seventies, early eighties television show, sitcom, and it won him. And I can't tell you the name yet, because that would give it give it away. He won him a, it won him a Golden Globe, and an Emmy. He's a major film star, also. He also founded with Michael, oh, thanks. No, with Michael Schamberg, The Jersey Films. His Joe wife Pesci. his wife is quite famous too. There, is, she was on another famous television Danny show. Danny DeVito. Yes, Danny DeVito. Rhea Perlman. and they got back together. Remember they separated for a little bit, but they did get back together, which I was happy to see when I was doing my research. So, that was good. Do you know he was in Tin Man, which was filmed here in Baltimore, if yes, I
2: remember. Yes, with Richard, with, uh, Richard Dreyfus.
1: Oh, yes. And then Throw Mama from the Train. One Flew Over the cuckoo's, cuckoo's Nest, which I didn't realize he was in.
2: Yeah, he was the uh, hit me, hit me, hit me when they were playing <laughs> blackjack. <laughs> oh. He hit me.
1: Ruthless People, Man on the Moon, Terms of Endearment, another one which I didn't realize, Romancing the Stone, Twins, that was cute with Arnold, Batman Returns, that's when he played the Penguin, other people's money get shorty and la confidential and he's also done many voiceovers as in space jam hercules and the lorax interesting
2: and his best role ever is Louis, Deca- Louis, Louis the cat louie in taxi
1: exactly that was oh my gosh he was amazing and that wasn't he <laughs> he that was a real groundbreaking type role for television i think
2: and the jersey boy
1: yes definitely definitely
2: uh, Neptune, New Jersey or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, how old would uh, okay, how so old is 60,
2: Mr.? He was 40. I'm going to say he was, oh, he's old. Uh, 30, <laughs> he's
1: not That old. does not seem 30, that old anymore. <laughs> 30 Um
2: 68,
1: nine. Nope, go higher.
2: 73 Go lower. 71 Go higher. 72.
1: Very good. Okay. Ding. Where's the little angel dinging? I thought you were going to hit me with... Uh... <laughs> he was born November 17th, 1944. Wow. And Louis you... de Palma. Yeah, Louis, Louis, Louis. Interesting gentleman. And he does have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well,
2: he, he should. He should. If, if Justin Bieber has one and Kanye West <laughs> has one, everyone deserves hey,
1: one. Well, it's looking up. You knew who Kanye and Justin are, so hey. I can add them to the birthday list next yeah, year. Yeah, well, I also,
2: you know, <laughs> uh, we won't go down that road.
1: All right, here's your next one. All right, this gentleman, his, he was born, his last name is Lipowitz, and he was born on November 17th. He is Canadian-American. <laughs> Everyone, Bob is frowning at me. He's a television producer, writer, comedian, and actor. Lauren Michaels. Yes.
2: <laughs> How'd you know that? Um, I, somewhere in the back of my head, the Canada thing,
1: the Canada thing. Yes. Yeah. If, if
2: it's Canada, it's going to be Neil Young, Mike Myers, mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell, uh, Paul Schaefer, um, hockey players.
1: Exactly. So the show was Saturday night live and he also produced late night series in since 1993 and the tonight show since 2014, which I did not know. So.
2: And this is the 41st anniversary of. Saturday Night Live. Is it really? Yes.
1: Okay, I feel very old. I remember when it started. I
2: remember, yeah.
1: My sister's first husband um, was a big fan of it. And I remember him coming over on Saturday Night and we all watched it. Of course, that was when television was. You watched it really live. There was no DVRs or videos or anything else. So, um, yeah. And it was very different than anything else. So, how old is, is Mr. Lorne?
2: I can't play that Jane uh thing can i dana oh Poy?
1: you better not
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> pick another one how about uh okay uh, well, this uh, one
2: we have to do this one
1: you could do rosanna dana that was that was always pretty funny but clean
2: okay um <laughs> yeah let's, who else uh, is there i have to find it what's all this what's all the fuss um how about this okay
3: My father told you my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Before I begin, I ought to tell
0: you a little about myself so you'll know where I'm coming from. First off, I am 35 years old. I am thrice divorced, and I live in a
2: van down by the river.
1: Wow. I'm sorry, I just had to do that. Do you know how many folks who have made their their careers really took off after being on that show have become like superstars, millionaires? Oh, I know. It's just, it's endless. Even the guest stars, even the guest hosts are like Danny was the, he he hosted the last show before the turn of this century.
2: And they created so many things. I have to do this in tribute. She was one of my favorites, and and her husband just passed.
3: What's all this fuss I keep hearing about yep. the 1976 presidential erection? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, our beautiful Gilda. Emily um, Litella. Yep. And Gene Wilder. <laughs> yes, he did just pass. Oh, gosh. Silver Streak, What was the other movie he was in? He was oh, amazing. He was in, uh, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh, I can still see the dance, him with uh, Madeline Kahn. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs>
1: so how old is Mr. DeVito?
2: Mr. DeVito was thirty years old in nineteen seventy-nine, so that makes him forty-nine. Sixty seven. No, seventy
1: seven. No. Not DeVito. Mr. Lorne. We're well, back on right. Lorne. We did DeVito.
2: Already. I really diverged him. I usually <laughs> diverge, us, but that was I brought us to another into another universe <laughs> yeah, there. No, this is. Lauren Michaels. Oh, yeah. Michaels was um was thirty eight in nineteen seventy five. So <laughs> at forty one years, he is now seventy nine.
1: No, he's seventy two. He okay. was born. He's born the same day as Danny on okay. November seventeenth, nineteen forty four.
2: So he was um he was fairly young. He was thirty two or something. Yes, was, yeah.
1: and I think that's probably what made him so. What made that show so special? That was just. Unique, and that it's still running, 41 years, and yes, I know people say it always keeps changing, but I think it's it's a great show. All right, so this gentleman, he's, oh, don't laugh now, he's also a Canadian singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah.
2: Gordon, <laughs> no. Li- Gordon Lightfoot. Yes,
1: how did you know that? <laughs> <I> Darn it. <laughs> I have
2: things filed in my brain. You and like, do. I was able to rattle off all those Canadian people. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. The guess who? Bernie Burton yes. Cummings. Oh, my gosh. Damn.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, did you know he did, he, he did, um, many of his songs have been recorded by other world-famous recording artists, including Elvis, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams Jr., the Kingston Trio, Barbara Streisand, you name it, wow. In Olivia the Early Newton, Morning John.
2: Rain, yeah. Sundown.
1: John Mellencamp, Jack Jones, Herb Albert, John Mathis, wow, amazing. So, he's been described as a national tre- treasure. And Bob Dylan, also a lightfoot fan, called him one of his favorite songwriters, and in an often quote tribute, Dylan observed that when he heard a Lightfoot song he wished it would last forever. Hmm. Hmm. He was the feature performer at the opening ceremonies of the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary. and he has an honorary Doctor of Law's degree in arts in 1979 and the Companion of the Order of Canada, Canada's highest civilian honor in 2003. That's amazing. So, how old is Mister
2: Lightfoot? I'm gonna say in like 1974, I had early morning rain. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The picture on the cover was his face. Okay. So in 74, I'm gonna say he was 36. So add 42 years to that. 78.
1: Yes, exactly. That's amazing. How did you do that? Sometimes Sometimes your brain's working. I like it. Yeah, he's also born on November 17th, Uh, 1938. Wow. I had no idea. All right, so this gentleman, hopefully I stump you on this one, but I don't think I will. So he is American. He is not Canadian. He's American. He's a fashion designer who launched his company in 1968. And his name has been given to perfumes, watches, jewelry, clothing, you name it. He's all over the place. He was born to a Jewish family in the Bronx, New York, the son of Flor and Leo, Klein. His father was an immigrant from Hungary, while his mother was a daughter of an immigrant. Calvin, yes, indeed. Calvin Klein.
2: I wouldn't have got it.
1: And you know he attended but never graduated from the New York's Fashion Institute of Technology. But he did receive an honorary doctorate in 2003. Interesting.
2: He was quite a marketeer, too. He
1: really is. Wow. Remember and he, he
2: stole Kramer's um, scent, the beach?
1: Oh, that's right. So
2: he made Kramer an underwear model. Oh, gosh, uh, that's
1: right. Oh my, oh, my gosh. So how old would Mr. Klein, is Mr. Klein? 84. Let me check. I will confirm that. No, he's not that old, actually. His birthday is November 19th, though. Mm-hmm. He's not that old.
2: Seventy-two.
1: Close. Seventy-four years old. Interesting. And do you remember his uh, jeans line? Was he the one who used Brooke Shields as his model?
2: Nothing comes between between me me and my my jeans.
1: Yes. Which was which was so controversial and so so out there and edgy. It it wasn't boring. No.
2: That's when we had designer (laughs) jeans.
1: Remember designer jeans in the (laughs) eighties.
2: Took the Farrah Fawcett poster right off my wall. I do
1: remember the designer <laughs> jeans.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jordache. That's so funny.
1: So, let's go on to this young lady.
2: Actually, I yes. think we have to get going to the news.
1: Okay, what's happening in And we'll just do world? some
2: news headlines, and then we're going to take a quick break, and I can't wait to talk to Becky Diamond. I agree. Um, uh, just uh, some headlines. A beautiful um, evening uh, Wednesday. Hats off to... Uh, uh, Harford County Community mm-hmm. Services and the County Executive and local organizations. Uh, it was a night of discussion, um, and all over the counties, particularly one at um, Edgewood Boys and Girls Club, where the, um, um, the mother, mom and dad of Max Lambeck who had uh, uh, who had died because of drug addiction, spoke to about 50 kids. That's great. And it was beautiful, um, and the, the kids. Um, it really made an impact on the kids. It was, and one, actually, one of the girls asked John, um, um, "How can you talk about your son without crying?"
1: And what did ha- what was his answer?
2: He just said, um, "I've gotten used to the sadness." Mm. But uh, the kids had so many questions, and it anything that can humanize it for these kids, uh, and. And really demonstrate from someone who's been there, because I think a lot of times kids, and we see this in the Boys and Girls Club a lot. They just don't. First of all, they have a force field up. Uh, they're used to not being given good advice, and when they are, they're they're almost um, because kids are kids, and for other reasons, they just it doesn't penetrate. But if there's something that can humanize it and and and, and make make them view it as a reality. It's so powerful, and it sticks with them. So this was a, a great, and uh, our friend Amber Trose who runs community service, uh, this is um, really real uh, executed, and um, uh, Joe Ryan, our director of um, um, drug control policy, was just great. And we are running short on time. So we are going to run and take a break. We're going to get uh, Becky on the line, and we'll do some more news okay. um, in the seed block.
1: So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with author Becky Diamond. Becky will be at the Bellard Library on Sunday, November 20th at 2 p.m. to talk about her second book, The Thousand Dollar Dinner.
0: The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public, with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software, including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road.
1: Welcome back. I'm co-host Mary Hassler, CEO of the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted, and I do mean delighted, to have author Becky Diamond on the line with us. Becky will be at the Beller Library on Sunday, November 20th at 2 p.m., and she's going to be talking about her second book, The Thousand Dollar Dinner, which tells a unique story of the 19th century culinary challenge between Philadelphia restauranter James Parkinson and the Delmonico family of New York. Welcome, Becky. Hi, how are you? I'm well. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got to where you are now.
3: Sure. Well, I'm actually, you know, I have a writing background as well as a library studies degree. So I love writing and research and combination, you know, just fell into place for me. Uh, you know, I, I ended up... Uh, writing the first book, Mrs. Goodfellow, the story of America's first cooking school, because a publisher just happened to live down the street from me, which was perfect, and he published history books, and it worked out really well. We were able to get the book published, and it was just fantastic telling the story about, you know, America's first cooking instructor who lived in Philadelphia, which is not far from where I live in Yardley, Pennsylvania. So I learned a lot about Philadelphia history at that time, and also about food history, and it really became a love of mine. I, I've always enjoyed food and cooking, and you know, incorporating the history aspect was just so fascinating to me, especially being from the Philadelphia area, where food—it was really food's cap—the capital um, of the food industry back in the 19th century, and when doing the research for that. That's when I found out about this $1,000 dinner and just thought to myself, I have to tell this story because it was so amazing. Um, James Parkinson was a restaurateur in Philadelphia. He was a contemporary of Mrs. Goodfellow. That's how I found out about him. And, um, you know, it's just the fact that he was able to put together the 17-course feast and, and win this culinary competition against New York City who, you know, that's a feat in itself. And um, it was just—it was a great story to
2: tell. So, so if I mentioned to you that I saw you about eighteen times at three AM at Olga's Diner, um, You're... um would you deny it now?
3: Um, I don't know that many times, but when—when <laughs> when was that?
2: No, no, I'm—I said I said to Mary, I'm I'm from uh, North Jersey, but I had a buddy live down in uh, Marlton, and okay, we used to go um, out. To establishments like libraries and museums and when they closed okay. at 3 a.m. would go to Old for omelets and turkey oh, clubs. So and I saw yeah, I, I saw where you're from, I said you have to have been at OBAS a few times. So
3: yep, that's where we went after the senior prom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
3: So yeah it's a shame it's no longer with us but uh I know yeah. I
2: scared it's going to be a they're finally gonna bulldoze it but yeah. speaking of uh the great culinary uh, historical places. Tell us how um, the research for this, it must have been amazing. It must have been uh, very enjoyable in and of itself.
3: Absolutely. Again, living near Philadelphia, I'm so lucky because, you know, the birthplace of America. So, And they've been fantastic about really trying to keep, you know, the research alive in Philadelphia. So there's a library company which was started by Brent
2: Spence. Hey folks um, we're going to put on a tune. I think we just had a disconnection. I'm going to put on a tune and we will be right back. (music) I think we, um, I think we disconnected on Becky, but we have her back now. Becky, there.
3: I'm here. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'm always relieved when I hear the voice on the other end because there's about eight switches I have to hit to make that work on the board. You so. did
1: a great job, Bob. Excellent <laughs> job.
2: <laughs> so so Becky. you were t- telling us about, uh, you know, the research and Philly, how great they've been in preserving um, uh, the, the the heritage of these things. And that's where we cut you off.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, you know, the Library Company of Philadelphia and the Historical Society of Pennsylvania are both great repositories of information and fantastic resources for both of my books, uh, as well as the Free Library has a lot of historic newspapers and um, Google Books. But frankly, if you just go online, a lot of older books have been scanned into google and you can access information that way and it's great i can do that right from my own home (laughs) so um it's fantastic but yeah it's hard not to write about this stuff and get hungry (laughs) as i'm (laughs) writing because it's just amazing the amount of food that they had at this dinner and the way it was prepared
2: and and it's not with transportation and refrigeration not being what it is Now, you start to think about how incredibly challenging it is.
3: Absolutely. That was one thing that, as I was writing this, I I really did a lot of research on what the transportation system would have been in the U.S. at that point, especially because this dinner took place in April of 1851. So in April, think about what's in season. You know, back then they really had to cook um, by using what was in season, and, you know, there would have been some spring vegetables and spring lamb, that sort of thing, but he had to get a lot of food um, using, there was tra- there were trains, but they weren't a completely built-out system, obviously, like, the, like it is today. He used steamboat, he used express, which would have been, um, like, wagon and stagecoach. Um, he actually sent hunters down to Virginia to... Um, To shoot birds for the dinner um and fishermen to catch fish he sent them to different places so it was definitely that was must have been such a challenge for him just to try to figure out how to get all the food to where he needed it to be on time
2: oh my gosh yeah and i noticed the other thing um that i don't think would happen today is at the end of the competition or at least uh, the way you described it, uh, the Philly people went up to Delmonico's first and were wowed and they then came down to prepare their meal and, uh, as their response to them. And, um, during the meal, the, the New York people, uh, stood up and pronounced, um, Parkinson the winner and Correct. applauded for him. That wouldn't happen now.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, they were just so over, you know, like just over the top about this dinner, so wowed, and they'd had an amazing experience at Delmonico's already, but, you know, p- Parkinson just really pulled out no stops to to make this dinner work, and, you know, as I mentioned, it was 17 courses. It unwound over 12 hours, so the men got there at 6 p.m. the evening of April 19th and didn't leave till 6 a.m. the following morning, oh my God. so oh my they were eating. <laughs> Yeah, eating, talking, and drinking. There was all kinds of wines paired with the dishes as well. So I don't know how you don't just collapse at the end of that, which they probably did. But, um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. Uh,
2: And um, the other thing is, uh, first of all, let's stop for a second. We're talking to Becky uh, Diamond, and she's going to be at... um, at the Bel Air Library this coming Sunday, two days from today at 2 p.m. as part of uh, our foodie celebration. And she's going to be talking about her book, The Thousand Dollar Dinner, which is a, a, a really unique story about a 19th century culinary challenge between uh, James Parks and a Philadelphia restaurateur and the Delmonico family of New York. And um, so we're going to be out there. Make sure, make sure you come out at Bel Air Library 2 p.m um and becky what was your that was your second book tell us a little bit about mrs Goodfellow. sure
3: um so yeah i had actually heard about mrs goodfellow but i was reading a cooking magazine talking about cooking schools and it mentioned that hers was the first in america and i thought wow i never heard of it you know i know a lot about cooking and and cooking schools and the fact that it was in philadelphia was interesting since I was from the area and and thought, wow, another Philly first that I didn't know about. And as I started researching it, she was another fascinating person. Um, She had been widowed three times, so she had to keep, um, you know, taking care of herself and her family through her cooking. She was a pastry chef and had um, a pastry shop as well as a catering business and opened up this cooking school to try to make ends meet. And she was well-connected with Philadelphia Society. So she was able to get, you know, girls were lining up to go to her classes because they was all Philadelphia Society people and and the Quakers, which were a big part of um, Philadelphia. And she was just an amazing woman. She she had this school for probably, you know, a good part of – the 19th, the first part of the 19th century, and um, just kept expanding her business, too. She ended up partnering with her son eventually. Um, Her daughter actually married Michael Bouvier, who is, you know, Jackie Kennedy's great, great grandfather mm-hmm. um and so and he worked for Stephen gerard because he was a carpenter so again this was all everyone was connected <laughs> in society back then i think and so that helped get her business too
1: and also
2: and, um um marge simpson was a bouvier wasn't she
1: oh i think she might have been yes, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny that main name was bouvier but yeah. i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so. digressing <laughs> That's yeah, right. so an,
3: a famous connection there, and, um, yeah, she was fascinating. She reminded me a lot of Betsy Ross because she, again, she was like kind of the self-made woman. She had to keep, you know, keep things going for her family, and I don't think she ever sat down during the day, it's, uh, you know, if you think about all the things she needed to do in a day, and she she had this legacy of... You know, she actually was the inventor of lemon meringue pie, oh. because she had a lemon pudding that was, you know, really rich and decadent, and it was really popular throughout Philadelphia, and then eventually they, you know, she added this meringue topping, and it just became this, it took off, you know. It's a diner staple, speaking of diners, <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting, well, it's, it, regarding someone like that who's a pioneer, um, uh, you know, I. Surprisingly, my wife is still surprised, and I how much I love the movie, movie Juliet.
1: And Julia, Julia, I just watched oh, it last yeah. week. Yep.
2: And yep. Uh, well, a- Amy Adams could do anything. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd enjoy watching her do it. But um, <laughs> yeah. And Meryl Streep. But um, it it really gives you a, a look into like a, a field like this, whether it was uh, the Monacos or Parkinson or um, mm-hmm. Mrs. Goodfellow or uh, Julia Child. They they were really writing the rules. They were blazing trails. A lot of the things they were doing, like getting people to come out of their house and sit at a restaurant, which was not done a lot then, yep. and uh, cooking, teaching, and cooking books. You know, yep. it just really speaks to their passion for the subject matter. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, Mrs. Goodfellow was also the first person like back in the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries if you saw a recipe it was all just written out like as one paragraph and she's the one that started listing the ingredients that you needed at the beginning of a recipe you know how we follow it today and then putting the instructions so she's the one that started you know because it's easier to follow that way and um she's she realized that and probably to help her girls in the cooking school too
2: but yeah. I have been preparing some meals at home cuz my wife's been working uh, a lot of hours so I have this these two great sites that um cooking for sort of like a cooking for dummies. So when they say something in the like minced the in parentheses, they tell you what minced means.
1: <laughs> That's helpful. That's <laughs> As very opposed helpful. To diced or whatever the case so yeah. Becky, you ha- I understand you uh have a fabulous blog. That oh, uh, With unique recipes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the blog? Because uh, I was just sure. watching Julia and Julia last week, and uh, you know that was one of the, the themes, that was a recurring theme that went through that film. So it was really interesting.
3: Definitely, yeah. Um, well, I really started the blog when I started doing the research for the first book because it just helped me write things down, too. And if there was something interesting that I wanted to share, I would put it on the blog. And now it's just turned into... It's a lot of food history, but I also write about food in general and and other bits of information. But lately I've been writing testing recipes for my next book, which is going to be about Pierre Blot, who was the first celebrity chef in the U.S., and he was in New York in a similar time frame as the $1,000 dinner, like the mid-19th century is when he came here from France, and he also had a cooking school. Called the New York Cooking Academy. And then he also wrote articles and did a lot in New York City. So I'm testing his recipes because we want to include them in the book. And in that way, we want to make sure that, you know, sometimes the ingredients don't always translate or the measurements is the main thing. And every recipe I've made so far, people have raved about. So I can't wait to get this book done and, you know, share it with everybody because I think it's it's really fascinating to realize oh oh my gosh I'm making a recipe that's from 19 or you know 1800 or something it's just it's great to be able to go back in time and think somebody was eating this (laughs) you know enjoying the same recipe years ago so what are
1: some of your your personal favorite recipes so if I was coming to dinner this weekend and you just wanted to make something that you just absolutely love what Mm. would you make
3: You mean like historic or just in general? Just in general. Oh, I love shrimp. Oh, me too. (laughs) I have to tell you, since I'm coming down your way, I have to get some Old Bay shrimp because we go to Ocean City, Maryland quite often in the Mm -hmm. summer, and I just love the Old Bay shrimp. So, um, yeah, you know, some kind of shrimp, especially spicy shrimp with pasta, um, uh-huh. it's funny, I write about food, but um, believe it or not, I'm not a meat eater. <laughs> I, I'm not a vegetarian, I eat fish, but um, yeah, so I like a lot of kind of unique ethnic types of food, like I love Moroccan food and um, Indian food. Anything spicy with a lot of flavors is probably my favorite sort of, of meal. So, yeah. Right. So Sunday we'll have to make sure you get that shrimp
2: before you yeah, head back to Philly. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually going
3: to Ocean City to hang out with some girlfriends the night before, so maybe I can oh, even fun. get a friend. So, yeah. Steam crabs. Yes,
2: That's what
3: yes like crabs, yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So, so, Becky, what were some of
1: the challenges when you're when you're starting your new book? What are, what are the, some of the challenges that you face? Or to you, or are they just like opportunities and... Um, you know, does it come naturally to you to, to do the research and to pull the book together and then to sit down to write it, or is it something that, are you so organized where you plot it out way in advance, on oh, well, this day I'm going to do this, the next day I'm going to do that, or are you more, um, how do you put the book together?
3: You know, it's funny, the first two books so far have been totally different the way that, that they originated or came together. Mrs. Goodfellow, I did all the research first almost and then wrote it whereas with The Thousand Dollar Dinner, I kind of did it as I went along, because each chapter was a course in the book, so it was easy. It was almost like a little uh, short story within the book, you know, so I was able to do it, like, in that way. Um, For this next book, I am probably similar to The Thousand Dollar Dinner. I'll do it kind of as I go along, you know, do do some research and then do some writing. But as far as challenges, one of the main challenges to me, especially when I write about people and I want to really know their genealogy, it's so tough to find out sometimes, you know, where they were born and, you know, the marriage dates and all the specific genealogical genealogical facts. That's That can be a challenge because um, I want to know everything <laughs> and you can't always find it. Um, so yeah, that's probably the main thing. And just in general, not finding some information that you really want. And then if that happens and you, you have to just surmise, well, this is probably what happened based on what else was going on at the time. So, um, you know, you just have to make inferences sometimes.
2: And I lo- that fascinates me because I love reading books about the per- history of personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, uh, Will Durant called it, um, uh history of civilization they wrote about people and homes and private lives and our uh, communities etc uh, as he said it um, history is a river I write about what's occurring on the banks of that mm-hmm. river and yep. it's just uh, it just really just takes you back just what and what they had to do to to prepare and preserve the food they ate yeah.
3: Absolutely, yeah. It was work. It was a lot of hard work. You know, we take so much for granted today. Just bring out our, you know, huge stand mixer, which can beat a dozen eggs, you know, however many eggs you need at one time. Because back then, they often did use, you know, 10 to 12 eggs in a cake that they would have to beat by hand. And sometimes it would take an hour just to do that. So, I'm sure women had strong arms back then. <laughs> I think they must have. <laughs> yeah, and all the spices had to be ground, you know, by hand. Even the sugar came in these tall cones that they had to break off pieces and and pound them. I'm actually going to bring a couple of those. I call them my props <laughs> with me, um, just so people can see what, you know, yeah, the the different different preparation methods were pretty intense. <laughs> That's great. That is great.
1: All right, so author Becky Diamond will be at the Bel Air Library Sunday, November 20th at 2 p.m. Thank you so much, Becky. I will see you Sunday afternoon. Thank you. And now we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some great events coming up at the library, including Becky's appearance, and then we'll go over the edge where we'll look at some news from outside Harford County and do some thingamabobs.
0: So long, Becky. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks Thanks, for
3: having me. Bye. So long. Bye.
0: The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public, with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software, including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road.
1: You're listening to 970-WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge. I'm Mary Hassler, CEO of the Harford County Public Library, and that is our wonderful, terrific, talented, and very, very, very intellectual Bob Mumby. At this
2: point, he's choking himself he's cho- with his headphone
1: With his headphone. And just he's dropped all his papers all over the computer. But we'll ignore that for the moment.
2: Like the Twit of the Year contest in Money Python. We
1: are just having one of those weeks, yeah. I have to say. So let me talk a little bit what's happening at the library right now, Bob. Um, Excellent. Tomorrow, uh, November 19th, is International Board Game Day. And we are launching our board game collection. This will be at several of the branches. And our customers will be able to come in and check out or borrow a board game. And what we're trying to do is have some family fun going on at home. And then also we know that research shows that playing board games is really great for keeping your brain fresh, for that brain deve- development. And
2: I love board games.
1: Me too. Oh, we'll have to do it one time too. Of course, you know my favorite board game. This is not that hard to figure out.
2: Out. Um think
1: of a gala theme.
2: Um clue. Clue.
1: Yes, Miss Scarlet speaks once again.
2: I was trying to think of uh <laughs> Disney related.
1: <laughs> oh, I I have tons of Disney games too. Um which Ma- What was it? Mary Chance
2: know? with the candlestick in the conser- uh-huh. in the conservatory? Mary Chance well, was the
1: candlestick with the She was Mur- Mrs. White. She was Mrs. White, but Billy was the um jockey green who actually killed.
2: Uh, okay. The okay. And what was David? Mr. Was David body. Colonel Mustard?
1: David was Colonel Mustard with his elephant gun.
2: And And you were Miss Scarlet. I was
1: Miss Scarlet. And Barry was uh, Senator Plum. (laughs) (laughs) it was sweet and Nicole Funk was Professor Peacock the evil scientist it was so much fun Uh, that just was my favorite and Jesse Bain was of course the sheriff who investigated all all of us so no a lot of fun so anyway board games tomorrow will launch you'll be able to request them if they're not at your home branch and there are some of the traditional games that we all know and love and then there's some new games that I cannot tell you what they're about because they are that new generation of games so everyone has Have fun. And then we have our winter reading starts on December 21st. Just giving you a heads up, folks. Our theme this year is a, a good book, is music to my ears, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And thank you to our sponsors, our friends groups, our Harford County Public Library Foundation, Schaefer, McLaughlin, and Stover, Attorneys at Law and Advance Eye Care, um, because you know we can't do all these special things without our wonderful community supporting us. And the big news is our library gala was held a week ago it was amazing
2: We, as usual unprofessional disorganized <laughs> boring
1: <laughs> and poorly it tr-
2: attended. And
1: it truly was a celebration of our 70th anniversary or fem- 70 years in the family business under the godfather theme and i just want to thank all our generous sponsors of the gala including richardson's flowers saxon's diamond centers Waste Industries and Wegmans, and also a big round of thanks to our co-chairs, Frank Hayjack and Rosemary Hayjack, who just did an amazing job of being the Don and his beautiful wife. The evening was fabulous. Mood swings are always terrific. The gorgeous gowns, the food was to die for. Thank you, Larrapin. Thank you, Wegmans and everyone else. And it was just an amazing night, and we did. We netted over $103,000, which is a record for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you.
2: That was really fun.
1: It was fun. People are raving about it. I mean, people are still talking about it. And everybody says, we never think you can raise that bar, but you keep raising it every year. So um, we're already starting to think about next year's theme because we do plan, it takes almost a year to uh, pull off an event of this size and scope because we had about 725 people there. And um, it's always exciting. So thank you, everyone. Photos are up on Facebook, by the way. So if you want to see all the gorgeous folks in Harvard County, they are there.
2: I think um, <clears throat> I posted on Facebook that Library should get into the catering and event. Planning host, business? Hosting business. And <laughs> several people got annoyed at me who were in that business.
1: Yeah, I bet we did. <laughs> I wonder who that might be. <laughs> uh, however, we did auction off. One of the live auction packages was a two-hour birthday party in the new, newly renovated Children's Department in Bel Air, complete with a birthday cake. And I was thrilled and really just honored about the number of people who were bidding on that package and the amount that it went for. So we're super excited about that. And it's just been a great time at the library and, of course, early December, we start our holiday open houses at all the branches, so you can go online and check out all the dates and times. They're always free, open to everyone, and it's a lot of fun, and I want to thank all the special ballet performances we have, the choirs who come, the musical performers. It just really makes December a really special and and very magical time at the library, so thank you.
2: Hats off. It It was great. It was just, you know, and I don't know what you did, but This year, it didn't feel like it was crowded.
1: Ah, well, you know, we move furniture out. We have a moving company who comes in, and they move out the furniture. Cynthia Hergenhun, who's our our event planner, did an amazing job with that, with the the vision of carrying out the Godfather theme. And because we've gotten so large in the attendance, we actually have to move shelving out to accommodate the crowd. Oh, okay. So that's why every year we try to make it feel a little bit so you're not on top of each other. So I think we we did it very well this year. And that little stage for the speaking, when we have to get up and thank everyone Mm -hmm. to speak, worked really well too so
2: and i love how it all looks from outside across the pond yes looking at that atrium
1: it looks you would never know you were in a library
2: no i would get married there
1: yeah. okay you can't get married at the library.
2: no next life
1: <laughs> yeah, really? i don't think cindy would like that <laughs> no no oh that's great so what else is going on bob what else is going on i um
2: I, I have some interesting facts we only have about five minutes but I also have some things that really really cracked me up. And I look at look these up once in a while and a few sites compile them. Okay. Funniest tweets. Funniest of the week.
1: tweets of the week. I like uh,
2: it. People who have strange sense of humor and they just post these things. So, I'm going to read a few of them. One was a woman just said, "Please stop calling us your squad, Linda. This is book club." <laughs> <laughs> Next one is Boss. I've called you here because I expect one of you is an owl. Me. Who? <laughs> Asterisk. Everyone stares at me. Even Gary, whose head is turned 180 degrees.
1: <gasps> okay, <laughs> well. Hmm.
2: And then it's Day 20, Still Lost at Sea. Truth thinks I know how to plot a course with a protractor. I just like making it walk on a map. Haha, <laughs> pointy leg man.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. And this one, a little levity after the past few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Trump, let's get that Muslim band going. Band? We thought you said ban. No way, that's harsh. Also, how's that Mexican mall coming? <laughs> oh my gosh. Mexican mall
1: coming. Oh, oh, oh gosh.
2: <laughs> and then another one, a guy wrote. But I'm the good kind of abomination, right? Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my wife's story about her day at eighteen subplots, two false finishes, buried the lead and introduced a new character in the third act.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> we all know people like that. We do.
2: And I once accidentally started a flash mob when I thought a spider might be on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, you wanna hear some really interesting facts? And I sure. hope there are facts that interest They're not just facts that interest me. And maybe they are. But I'm going to share them anyway. You know that honey does not spoil? You could feasibly eat 3,000-year-old honey.
1: No, it just gets hard and grainy. But you can still eat it. That's true. I would say that's probably true. Wouldn't it evaporate eventually, though? Don't know.
2: Okay. But the fact that there's no bacteria or Hmm. anything in it? I love honey. Um... Yeah, and like it's, it's especially where you think you'd get it.
1: I Always wanted to be Honey West when I grew up.
2: Honey West from um,
1: yes, and uh, Mission was, Impossible. No, she was had her own Honey West show. She had a. Is
2: that Joan Blondell?
1: No, it was with the
2: mole.
1: She has a mole, but it wasn't Joan Blondell. It was a,
2: Barbara Bain.
1: No, no, it will come to it will come to me when we're done on the show. Anne, okay. I think her name was Anne. Anne.
2: Ann. Yes, Anne Baxter. No, Anne. Oh, I know who I know who you mean. She was also in, was, um, was also in Ten Commandments.
1: Yes. Honey, mm-hmm. them.
2: Moses, Moses, <laughs> honey Moses.
1: West. But if you remember, <laughs> it was a very cool television show, Honey West. Uh, it was on in 1965. It was uh, very cool because she drove a Converter. Anne Francis. That's Ann who Francis. it was. Yeah. You can see some of them on, uh, I guess, on YouTube or whatever. Anyway.
2: I have another one. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there are more? possible iterations of a game of chess than there are atoms in the known universe
1: no i did not know that why would you i would not know that
2: unless you made it up but why would you even make something like that up um and two um from from france uh three from france the top of the eiffel tower leans away from the sun do you know why? No, why. As the metal facing the sun heats up, it expands. Oh. And it can tilt oh. the tower seven inches.
1: Wow. I've been there. I mean, I've been up on that. I was close to the top. Looking at the lights when they lighted up at night. Yes. Oh, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, it really is. It, but I didn't beautiful. know
1: about that. That's interesting.
2: And um, baguettes were made to be long yes. and thin. So uh, they could be stored uh, by French soldiers. Yes. Uh, by being shoved down their trousers.
1: I was gonna say in their gun holder, but that will work too.
2: I mean, this is yeah. something we can we need to stop commenting on now.
1: <laughs> well, did you know whose birthday it is today that I forgot? This is totally not Julie related. Child. No, it's Mickey Mouse. Happy birthday to Mickey Mouse! In 1928, Walt Disney released Steamboat Willie, which he starred in 1928. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing that weird bop up and down.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: we are all over the place today, aren't we? Uh indeed.
2: Uh. I have to send you I'll bring it and I'll quiz you on it. Someone sent me um how old all the Disney princesses were. Oh. Like the youngest yeah. uh, uh, like was um Ariel.
1: Right. Well, there's a newer one now, Princess uh, Sophia, Mm -hmm. who was a a made-up type princess who's probably only four or five years old. Oh, okay. I think she came out maybe three years ago, four years ago. Uh,
2: Cinderella was 16.
1: Mm. So are we talking about their age when the movie came out or how old they they would be No, their age
2: in the story.
1: Oh, in the story. Oh, Cinderella was 16 and got engaged and got married?
2: Well, you know. Okay. We won't comment on that either. We won't comment on that. I mean, she was driving around in a pumpkin, so. So I guess Pocahontas possible.
1: was probably, what, 14, 13?
2: Um, yeah, she was one of the youngest, too. Yeah. The other thing was they put it in order of chronologically when the action took place. Okay. Like Pocahontas with,
1: was really old. I mean, well, no, long 16,
2: time ago. 1608 yeah. or, and some BC thing with a mammoth. Oh, and then oh. when when would uh you know uh, Aladdin? Would,
1: don't forget Aladdin's Aladdin princess. What's uh, Jasmine? Right.
2: So we'll we'll do that one time. We will do that. Did you know that J. R. R. Tolkien and Hitler fought against one another in the Battle of the Somme during World War One? I, I did not across know that. enemy line.
1: Interesting. Wonder if J. R. R. Tolkien. Used his experience uh, for some of the the books he wrote.
2: Well, yeah, like um, the, I mean, uh, the when you think about it, the yeah, the ba- battle those more.
1: battles and um, would make interesting.
2: And, um, quickly, um, I'm going to see. I'm going to give you 11 um, industries and jobs being okay. threatened by technology. Food for thought, and we're going to talk about it next week. Okay um language translator okay television okay newspapers uh, education education the whole education sites like uh, udemy and Khan Academy and others are offering. Well, the library is offering things like that mm-hmm. taxi companies job recruiters feed for me to say
1: it's so hard to get that to recruit um, <laughs>
2: uh, hotel and motel industries why
1: are they being threatened
2: airbnb or home away or um people are starting to sort of crowdsource that um manufacturing industry because of 3d printing right uh postal industry um and that is that so think
1: about Ah. that that's so sad, well, it but I want to end on a good note. Have okay. it a good note. Let's talk about Thanksgiving Day. Thank you to all the retailers who are not opening Thanksgiving night. Yes, very, very appreciative of that, so we can have more family time, and then we're not all lined up waiting for whatever is happening. Thank you so much. Thank you also for retailers who are doing the Black Friday sales throughout the month of November and December. So that Excellent. nobody I don't want anybody getting trampled or hurt on uh, the, when the doors open. And um, I wish everyone to have a wonderful holiday next week.
2: Same to everyone as well, and same to you, Mary. Um, we have a lot to be thankful for.
1: We certainly do. So, ready to sign off. That's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening, and talk to you next week.